Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode number 102. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to the Positive Productivity Podcast. I am so happy that you are here to all of my listeners and to Winston Henderson, our guest today. I am so thrilled you are here again. And listeners, I'm ad-libbing as I go today, but I am just going to let us go in just how we already started. Winston is the chief visionary of Five Years to Mastery, which I already have heard about tremendously and love it. So Winston, I'm going to let you take it away. Tell people where you have come from, what you are doing now, and all the exciting details about you. Hmm, Where to start? I think the best place to start really is, you know, how I started my entire entrepreneurial journey at the age of, I think it was about 17, 18. When I was first introduced to the whole concept of, you know, being an entrepreneur, working for yourself, being your own boss by my cousin. So started out with him, pretty much we worked on everything together and also experienced a lot of failures (laughs) together. I think we probably started two or three different businesses and it was just failure after failure. But I'm grateful for those experiences because it sounds cliche because I'm sure we've all heard it before that failure is the path to success and so on. But I've learned so much during those failures, you know, and it really helped me to discover what my purpose is at the same time, which is helping people improve their quality of life financially, realizing their true potential. I'm all for that. As a matter of fact, I've come to realize that money isn't my motivation for doing what I do. It's really just seeing people in that place of euphoric joy because they finally discover who they are and what they are meant to do. You know, that's pretty much led every single decision in my life since then, you know, business and otherwise. So fast forward, I started my own home-based business focused on gourmet hot beverages. So we're talking about coffees, teas, hot chocolates, but a healthier brand that's actually good for you. (laughs) And I experienced my greatest successes to date, but also my greatest failures as well and struggles and challenges. You know, the first started April 2011, I started that business. You know, the first six to eight months was just amazing, you know, in terms of profitability, income, revenue, generation, and the sort. A few months after that, it completely fell apart, and I found myself in this crossroads of okay, do I abandon the vision? Do I give up on it and just, you know, move on to something else? Or do I just dig in and really try to figure it out? Because, you know, during that time period of deciding, I was kind of in a state of depression. Anyone who has really failed tremendously at something they're all in, you know, understands this. And it was just a devastating time for me, Kim. I decided to dig in and make it work and You know, you would think that once you make that decision that everything else just falls into place, you know, the universe just aligns and everything just comes out, or should I say, just moves out of your way and everything just flows perfectly after that. (laughs) But it's actually, (laughs) it was actually complete opposite. When I made a decision to move forward, that's when like every single thing, every area 
of my life just completely fell apart financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationships. It was just the most devastating two years of my entire life trying to push through that struggle. But I say all of that to come to the point that it's through those struggles. And that's why I say, you know, the greater the challenge, the greater the struggle, then the greater the reward. It's through having to push through those moments, those you know, adversities, those challenges, those struggles, having my own fears, having my own limitations, apprehensions, you know, overcoming self-doubt, you know, because by nature, I'm actually an introvert. Most people don't believe this, but I'm actually an introvert by nature. So having to figure out sales, marketing, putting myself out there and overcoming that fear of rejection, that fear of being ridiculed. It's through that entire process that I'm now able to take everything I've learned over the last five to six years. And I've gotten started with five years to mastery to now help people to be able to do the same and overcome their own mental barriers and limiting beliefs. I don't remember who I was chatting with, but I know it was a previous podcast episode. But the guest brought up, is analogy the right word, about us climbing a mountain. And the closer we get to the top, the steeper it is and the harder the climb it is. Mm. And that's totally right. I mean, the closer we are to succeeding, no matter what the success is, the harder it feels like it is to reach the peak. Do you want to reach the peak? Do you have a set peak, Winston? I have my ultimate life goals, which goes back to the purpose I mentioned earlier, you know, helping other people improve their lives financially, realizing their true potential. And I would even add uncovering and pursuing their God-given purpose in life. So I think that's my ultimate goal. I would say what I have are pretty much, I guess you can call them checkpoints. So I have certain goals I want to accomplish in business, financially, and so on. But I don't think I would ever reach the peak because for me, I guess you can consider it, you know, I just consider myself ambitious. Some people say you're an overachiever, (laughs) but I don't think I'll, I'll ever reach a set goal because I'm always looking to grow, always looking to push ahead always looking at what's that next thing, what's that next level, that next peak. Because, you know, for me, once I hit that peak, then I'm looking around for, okay, what's the next peak? What's the next thing? You know, you still celebrate and appreciate where you are and what you've accomplished, but, you know, never getting comfortable or settling with where you are. Always challenging yourself to go to the next level. So there's a little plateau you can breathe for a moment and then you keep on going. Yeah, pretty much. I think I experienced my plateau in 2014-15. So I think for me right now, it's just pushing for the next five years to see how far I can take five years to master and how many people I can impact on the way. That's fantastic. So what did that plateau look like to you in 2014-2015? Ah, that's an excellent question, Kim. I think anyone who's actually achieved something significant, or not necessarily significant, but achieved something in life and decide to go to a next level has experienced this. I mean, for me, it was financially probably my personal growth because by that time, I had grown the business to doing over 100000 in revenue per month. But it experienced a dip. And so I was just trying to figure out, you know, how do I come back from that? How do I grow it to where it was before and even to a higher level? And I struggled with it for the longest while in my business. I'm just trying to figure out, but not just figure it out for myself, but also other people who I was leading, 
because there are so many people around me. I mean, just brilliant people, people with so much talent, so much skill, but they were held back by their own fears and their own limitations or self-imposed limitations, really, their own doubts. And I would literally like sit up at night staring in the ceiling, just trying to figure out how do I get people to really move, to really tap into their full potential. So that was pretty much my plateau. And it's funny because in 2016, I decided that I wanted to take a break from my first business, pre-existing business, and just kind of focus on to figure things out, figuring out where do I go from here. And it was actually in that moment that I got the vision for five years to mastery. Now, for some people listening, I know not everyone is a believer and, you know, that's fine. You don't have to believe what I believe. I'm just sharing my experience with you. But just having that spiritual time and I literally heard God speak to me and says five years to mastery. So this isn't even a vision or I came up with necessarily on my own, but just hearing that voice and didn't understand what it meant at the time, but just wrote it down. I started my own journey of developing myself, taking myself to that next level from the plateau that I was experiencing. And it was in that moment that I actually discovered certain techniques, certain strategies that not only helped me to break through and break out of that plateau to a next level where I'm right now and even further, but also how I can help provide actionable strategies and techniques to people that they can use to do the same in their lives. What are some of those techniques? Well, for example, well, a lot of them focus around maybe about three to five areas. So I focus on fear and helping people overcome that fear, how to develop self-confidence, you know, overcoming self-doubt, being more consistent in your life, developing better habits, which is like a major one for me. That's the one that I struggled with the most. Um, and struggled with or struggle with? Uh, struggled. <laughs> Can you talk struggled more about because... that? I would love to know what habits and what consistency you have implemented in your life. Well, one of the things is consistency in my workout routine. I mean, as we're doing this interview now, Kim, you know, I'm 32 years old. And for 31 out of those 32 years old, inconsistency was a major factor that held me back in growth in my business and life. And for 31 years, I struggled to remain consistent with my workout routine. Just to give an example, for 15 days, I couldn't get past sticking with it for longer than 15 days. And back in June 2016, I made the decision to really dig in and figure out how to master consistency in every area of my life, spiritually, my fitness life, my business and relationships. And really came up with a strategy I call the STARS technique. And STARS is an acronym which means standard and expectation, trigger, action, which is the actual act of doing it, the reward that you give yourself, and the self-affirmation and reinforcement. So that's pretty much a step-by-step -step strategy that I discovered I came up with. Tested it in my own life, realized that it worked tremendously well for me. But then I said, okay, it's one thing if it works for me, but could it work for someone else? of a different temperament, of a different belief system, of a different personality, you know, started testing it with other people I know, other people I was mentoring before, and realizing that they started getting results in their life, their business as well. It's a lot more detailed than that. I actually did a training video on my blog, 5 on it. 
Uh, but that's basically the idea of how to develop consistency and better habits in your life in any area that you choose. So it's not necessarily just if you have want to remain more consistent in your work or routine or business. It's really developing better habits in any area of your life. And it first starts with being consistent with the daily activities. Wow. I have to admit, I'm still struggling with consistency in daily activities. But while I'm struggling, I'm at least making progress. I need to share. One of my biggest (laughs) struggles is keeping my desk clean. My office was supposed to be an office. And then God said, here's twins. (laughs) So it's office slash playroom when they're home. And for some reason, mom's desk seems to be the drop off point of anything and everything. And any given morning, you can find me flicking action figures off my desk and seeing how far I can shoot them across the room. (laughs) Just having a clean desk to start with every single day and hopefully ending the day with a clean desk as well, that has been tremendous. And not even to mention, as a home-based entrepreneur, I found myself getting really lazy as far as self-care. I mean, when I was working outside of the home, getting up, taking a shower and going to work, that was just a given every day. But having that same routine while I'm working at home, I don't know why I let it slip. So, I mean, there's just little things like that. What does a day in your life look like? Do you have a set schedule now for each day or is it weekly or is it based upon what's going on? I think it's more the last one based on what's going on, but I do have a structure. I've realized that, you know, you have some people who they do really well with schedules and setting times to get certain things done throughout the day. I don't necessarily do that unless I have meetings with people. So for example, we're doing this interview, this was actually scheduled, but outside of that, for me, it's not so much having set things that I get done at a particular time. My thing is just there are certain activities that I have to get done before each day ends. So that's what I really focus on. And depending on my temperament, I then decide when certain things get done. So for example, in the early mornings when I first wake up would be my spiritual time, spending time with God, so on, being in a place of you know, being grateful, appreciative of my day. And just what's happening in my life right now, family, friends, whatever it may be, even just for the vision of five years to mastery. And moving from there to probably going online, you know, reading some articles relating to probably marketing, business, psychology, personal development, because those are the topics I'm most interested in. And then probably in the late morning, I focus on writing. So whether it's writing for the blog whether it's writing, guest posting, or I have several other companies that I do freelance copywriting from, from for. So getting those writings out of the way, probably by about in the midday to probably about 1 p.m., that's when I do my exercise, my workout routine, because I realize that's so important. Even if it's just for 10 minutes each day, you know, it helps me to increase my focus and clarity and to gain more energy that really takes me throughout the rest of my day. And then afterwards, I probably will do some business relating to the home-based business, the gourmet business that I mentioned, you know, doing that, you know, serving customers and so on. And depending on if I'm with my daughter or my daughter is staying with me that day, then spend some time with her or if not, then it's back to working on five years to mastery up until probably (laughs) 1, 2 a.m. in the morning. So for me, it's just a case of always working. But as I said, there are just certain things that are a must for me to get done 
every single day, which is my spiritual time, my workout routine, work in my gourmet business and work for five years to mastery. Those are the four things that are an absolute must for me to get done. And of course, if my daughter is there spending time with her, those four or five things, and then everything else kind of fits into whatever other time is available in between those four or five things. Do you see yourself ever retiring? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I would like to think so. <laughs> I honestly think for myself, no, because I will get so bored. Like I think I have to be doing something, even if it's starting a granny business. I just don't see it for myself. I think for me, it's not so much having an age of retirement. It's just more keep working until I'm physically no longer able to work. So probably I'm too old or frail to move to even pick up a pen and write something or type something or even probably can see out of both eyes. I think it's just for me, it's just working until you're physically unable to work anymore. <laughs> Hey, by that point, they're going to have invented USB ports for behind our ears so we can just download our thoughts and, you know, <laughs> into something else. <laughs> world. <laughs> I need one of those right now, by the way, because if I could just download my brain every day, I could get so much more done or maybe not. Journalists, it's absolutely amazing. Oh, I do. Yeah. And that's actually how I handle my to-do list now. I Every day I have a daily journal page and I used to put all the items that I wanted to do that day down on the page, but I realized I can't do everything. So I'm highlighting the top one. And when that one's done, I'll add another one, but I have a master sheet of everything that I need to get done, but I'm not going to focus on everything right now. I'm going to focus on the top one. Right. Do you have a to-do list? I do. I think my to-do list, it's more, not necessarily a larger scale, but it's not so much a daily to-do list. So for example, with Five Years to Mastery, I have certain things that I want to get done in each month. So for example, I had March edit this training video or write articles or edit and publish articles up to this point because how I've actually done my content marketing strategy for Five Years to Mastery is a lot of the articles that I will post this year in 2017. I actually wrote drafts for them from 2016. So what I did is I scheduled a 30-day period and I said, okay, for this 30-day period, I'm just going to be focused on writing articles each day. Like every day, get up, write an article. After that 30-day period has ended, then I have another 30-day where I say, okay, I'm going to focus on filming the video trainings every day for 30 days. And then, you know, following 30 days, then I'm focused on design for the website. So that's how I approach it. So now it's more a matter of, okay, for up to May, I need to edit these videos or I need to do the proofreading for these articles to be published. But then I further break that down into daily activities. So it's not so much a to-do list like, okay, I need to edit this video today. It's more, I have my editorial calendar and I look to see, okay, what's the next article to be published, whether this week or the next week. And then I spend one day working on that. Tomorrow I look back on the editorial calendar to say, okay, what's the article, the next article to work on? And I focus on working on it today. So my to-do list is very general. And then I break it up into daily activities that I need to get done. Or not need to, but that I choose to get done for that day. 
And what I found, Kim, is when I don't focus so much on getting a specific task done for a specific day, but you know, just ensuring that every single day I do at least one thing that moves me one step closer towards my goals every day, I find that it helps to lessen the anxiety and the stress and the frustration that you may feel by being stuck or feeling the need to get things done by a set deadline. And you know, deadlines are important, but I found that if you're not careful and having deadlines can actually work against you in terms of the mental and emotional anguish that actually comes with trying to get things done by a specific time. Oh my gosh, I can totally relate to that. I think I've changed the release date of my book about four times now and I'm about (laughs) ready to just take the release date off because I'll be in a good writing place until I tell somebody that, you know, this is the release date. And then it seems like everything, all my thoughts about what I was writing disappear because I've put that self-imposed deadline on myself. And it just moves me to an uncomfortableness. Winston, I want to go back to when you started the businesses with your cousin, right? Your cousin? Yeah. How did you decide what businesses to start? And what was the need when you started the business? Was there any passion associated with it? Or were you following somebody else's success? I guess what I'm trying to ask. I think it was, well, I don't mind mentioning the industries, whatever it is. So one of the companies was entertainment and promotion company because where I live, where I'm from, which is Jamaica, entertainment lifestyle is a big industry here, hosting events, parties and so on. It's a big deal here. Just For those of you who are, who are in the U.S., just think of Miami. That's basically what Jamaica is just a smaller version of Miami in terms of the entertainment um, scene and industry. So we saw that there is an opportunity there to tap into that industry and also we had a passion for it so a lot of things that were started were based on one the opportunity that was available and also the passion that was there because you know it sounds a lot of these things sound so cliche but you know one of the things I've realized is the difference between knowing something and actually doing it so many of us we may know what to do but doing it is actually a different thing so there were a lot of passions you know the entertainment business and then I started a promotion company with a few friends of mine that also failed artist management that that also failed <laughs> I think there is only one business that I attempted to get started with which is a patient business I had no passion in pastry whatsoever but I have a passion for business and marketing so other person had the passion for the pastry or the food and beverage industry so she wanted to do that and I was simply just the marketing and business mind behind her passion which is my passion the marketing and business aspect is my passion that brings up an interesting point, though. I found that I even have trouble doing marketing for businesses that I'm not passionate about. And because I do get passionate about my clients' businesses, the clients that I work with, I love what they're doing. So I have no problem helping them develop their marketing. Did you find it hard to come up with great marketing strategies for the pastry business? I didn't. It was pretty easy for me. And I wish I had some technique, strategy or tactic to share with people (laughs) as to how they can do that, coming up with new marketing strategies and ideas. But I honestly don't. It's just marketing for me. It's just something I wouldn't even consider it a passion. For me, it's more like an obsession because of my nature, how I am. I'm always, I think probably the closest strategy or technique I can give your audience is I'm always asking myself, how can I 
do this differently than what everyone else is doing? Or how can I take what someone else is doing or what everyone else is doing, but take it to another level, go one step above? And let me give an example with five years to mastery in terms of how I am able to both differentiate myself and also go one step above. When I was doing the market research, you know, looking at other blogs that were successful, one of the things I realized is that a lot of people do text for their blogs, but not really many people do videos. And another thing I realized is people who have probably a presence on video sites such as YouTube, Vimeo, they do a lot of video, but not many texts in terms of blog posts. So I saw as a unique way to position myself to do both text and video that would help me to differentiate myself, or should I say go one step above what everyone else is doing by combining the two. And also I saw that there was a gap where people would give very vague advice as to personal development success, but there wasn't really a step-by-step actionable breakdown of how to get it done. So I would read a lot of articles that says five ways to success, and they may say something like first step, you need to develop confidence. Second step, you need to take action. Third step, you need to have faith and belief in yourself and so on. But when you read those articles, there wasn't really a step-by-step breakdown as to how to do those things. I think in terms of marketing for me, it's really a matter of how can I look at what everyone else is doing and either go one step above in that extra mile doing something that no one else is either doing or has thought of doing. And then also, how can I probably, if it's something that everyone else is doing, how can I differentiate what I'm doing from everyone else? It sounds a lot easier said than done, but you know, asking yourself those questions is a good way for you to now shift your focus and it starts to open up your mind and your eyes to see things and see opportunities that you wouldn't have otherwise seen before. You know, as a mentor of mine says, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask. So how's my podcast based on the quality of the questions I ask? I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's excellent. (laughs) I do actually have to ask a question now because I am also an introvert, which a lot of people may not believe. Yeah, believe. A lot of people may not believe. Oh my goodness. You have now made the blooper reel. Did you hear that one, by the way? I'll cut this all out. I released a blooper reel a couple weeks ago. I'll do another one in a couple weeks. A lot of people may not believe that I'm an introvert, but you're doing video as well. Are you on the video videos? And if so, did that take a lot of confidence building to put yourself in front of the camera? Oh, yeah. Uh, Definitely. Yes, I am in all the videos because um, I said if I really want to create a brand around this, then I want myself to be, or should I say, I want myself to be the face of the brand. So I have to be the one that's on camera. I'm not going to lie to you. It was difficult. It was ridiculously difficult because as I mentioned, I'm an introvert. So for me, the entire idea of putting myself out there for the world to see was just devastating. As a matter of fact, I can remember when I actually made the decision to do it, not actually doing it, not actually videoing the trainings, but just making decision to do it. And I said, okay, I'm going to do a video <laughs> announcing to everyone that I'm going to do the videos. Because my thought was, well, maybe if I put it out there that I'm going to do it, then, you know, there's no turning back now. And just that entire 
entire process of actually filming that video, letting people know of what's about to come. I took five, actually it wasn't five hours. I think it was an entire day. Just deliberating back and forth with myself, trying to figure out, you know, is this something you really want to do? Because those of us who are introverted are not necessarily introverted, but, you know, have that fear of putting yourself out there. It's really that fear of rejection or that fear that you're not good enough or that fear that, you know, whether if you put yourself out there and you're ridiculed for it. So let me actually break down because I want to be as helpful to your audience as possible. I'm going to break down exactly what I did step by step of how I overcame that fear. The first thing I did was to identify a fear that was greater than the fear of putting myself out there because we hear it all the time that the best way to overcome fear is to take action. And that's not necessarily true, Kim. I'm pretty sure you've been in many situations where you're experiencing this fear and logically you know you're supposed to take action, but in the moment you don't. So it's easy to say in theory to take action, but when you're actually in the actual situation experiencing the fear, the crippling, paralyzing fear, it's difficult to tell someone in that state to really take action. So one of the things I did, the best way to override fear, or should I say the best way to override emotion is with a stronger, more intense emotion. So the first fear was the fear of putting myself out there on video for others to see and possibly make a fool of myself. So I had to come up with a fear that was stronger than that. And for me, the fear was, well, if you don't put yourself out there, then there are others who may not be able to benefit from the information that you have. So for me, the fear that others won't be able to benefit or I won't be able to make an impact was stronger and more intense than the fear of putting myself out there on video and being ridiculed for it. Now, that work for me may not necessarily work for someone else in terms of that specific fear. It's just a matter of finding a fear that is, is stronger for you because you can learn to embrace fear and use it to your advantage. So that's what I did. So the second fear, that greater fear, triggered me into action to say, okay, well, let me do it as a way for people to be impacted. And the consequence of if I don't do it is that I won't be able to have the level of impact that I have. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to actually take a small, simple step. It doesn't have to be a big step. As a matter of fact, I would be against taking a big step because if you take big steps too soon, then it's going to feel overwhelming and then you probably won't do it a second time around. So for me, that first step was just to make that first video to announce to everyone that I'm going to be doing the videos and taking that small step step. Now, the third thing was just for me to celebrate and congratulate that I had actually taken that first action and actually put myself out there, you know, saying to myself, Winston, you know, you took action. You didn't allow that fear to keep you from taking action. That's great. That's amazing. And what it does, it allows you to feel good, to feel empowered. So when you get that feeling, it creates a craving that you want to go out and take action again. And I'm moving very quickly, Kim. I mean, there are a lot more other moving parts to it that I can't really get into much detail because I want to respect your time. But that's a basic idea of how you can get started. And a final thing that I'd also mention is 
this is another technique or strategy or tactic that you can use to overcome that fear is to also change the meaning of what that fear means. So for you, the fear may be that you have a fear of public speaking, not you specifically, Kim, but just talking about your audience. <laughs> no, you know? actually, I do. My fear of public speaking actually comes from tripping over my own feet when I walk on stage. It's not actually speaking to people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's basically changing what that fear means. Using your example, Kim, since it's an, it's an actual real life, real world example, you know, changing the meaning of that fear. Public speaking for you right now means that you may trip up and you may fall. Well, change the meaning to me. Well, public speaking can mean that I can use my voice to impact the lives of hundreds or thousands of people. So once you begin to change the meaning of what that particular fear is, then it no longer holds any power over you. So it may be a fear of rejection that you have where you know, you're afraid that if you go and do something, probably if you're in sales, actually speaking, picking up that phone, speaking to someone, the meaning that you've given making a phone call right now or that, that client call is I'm going to be told no. Well, what if you restructured or change that meaning of the call to me? Every time I make a call, I'm actually learning something new, even if the person says no. So by changing what the actual means, it lessens the impact and the power that fear has over you. You have just helped me tremendously. Listeners, we are recording this on March 9th, 2017. <laughs> Vincent, I have been putting off putting videos up and I've been using the lame, there's another word that I could put in there, but I won't. The lame excuse of I want to go get glasses or get contacts so that my glasses aren't reflecting back into the camera. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I can make the excuses however I want. Like I can easily find one. Today, like, and I've been wanting to do Facebook Lives. I haven't even attempted Snapchat or whatever else is out there. But rather than jump right into Facebook Live, I think today I am taking that first step just of recording videos, not even live, and posting them. Right. So listeners, look back at my Facebook page, see if I posted today, and I'm committing to you all that I will, and that I will do it every weekday, Monday through Friday from here on out. It's not going to be live though to start. I need to go into that gently. So thank you, Winston. Look at awesome. that. I just committed on my <laughs> podcast to doing this. Awesome. Holy moly. That's huge. <laughs> that's actually a very good first step. What you should probably do now is once you post that first video, you know, celebrate yourself for doing it. Oh, I will. I, I need to come up with a healthy celebration, though, because all I can think is eating the chocolate bar that's on my desk, and that's not really an adequate celebration. Um, <laughs> Winston, you have just blown my mind, I'm sure. And I want to challenge all you listeners to come up with something that you can start doing today just to take that one step closer to where you want to be. But Winston, where can listeners find you, find out more about you and get in touch? Well, they can visit the website, which is five, it's the number five, letter Y, number two, letter M.com. So it's five Y two M.com. It's short for five years to mastery. And they can go on that. They can read some of the blog posts that I have. There's also my social contacts on there. So and it's at the top right hand corner. You can get in touch with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I post a lot of stuff on Instagram in terms of 
well, not necessarily daily activities, but certain progress that I'm making in my life and really anything that can really help others, you know, take that one small step. That's really what my goal is to really help people. You know, I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm going to help you to earn $100,000 in revenue in your business in the next six to 12 months. That's not where my focus is. My focus is just, hey, let me show you how to overcome whatever is holding you back and just make that first step. And then once you make that first step, let me now help you to keep making those small steps that will eventually lead to the big results that you have. Wow, that is so huge. Thank you so much for being here, Winston. And to the guests, I forgot to mention because I've been blown away this whole episode. You can find all the links and the full transcription on my website at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP102. Winston, thank you so much again. Ah, thanks, Kim. It was an absolute pleasure. We finally got it done. <laughs> Woohoo! Now I can go do my video. Thank you so much. All right, awesome. Take care, Kim. Thanks again. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.